outreach opportunity. It's listed in your bulletin. Um, anyone interested in monetarily supporting a worthy cause to help feed needy families, uh, please see Kim Booker. Um, there's something going on through the high school, is that correct? Or through, through the school district, I'm sorry. Uh, and so you can talk to Kim and, and she'll be able to fill you in a little more on, on what that is. Um, a prayer meeting and youth group uh, both meet tonight at regular time, but next week um, they're switching times. So prayer meeting will start at 5 o'clock next week and the youth group uh, big game party, I don't think we're supposed to use the actual term for it, uh, will be at 6 o'clock until the end of the game. So um, just a reminder for next week. Um, there's a Grand Prix pit party this Friday at 6.30 for Awana. And then the last announcement this morning is uh, the Mingling of Souls Marriage Conference. Um, again, February 10th and 11th. You don't have to be there for both of the times, but if it's something that you're interested in, and I can tell you from personal experience last year watching it, um, and it, it was really good, really worth the time um, that you spend just listening to what they have to say. Um, I know it definitely grew um, my marriage, my and Sarah's marriage, um, through just the couple of hours that we spent uh, listening to these people um, break open scripture and talk about uh, the truths of marriage. Um, and so I strongly encourage you, if it's something you're interested in, uh, February 10th and 11th, it's a Friday night and a Saturday morning. Uh, we're going to have a video we're going to show next week, which will give you a little more information, um, but we'll go from there. You can sign up either in the fellowship hall or on Facebook. Uh, let's open our service with a word of prayer this morning. Lord, we're so thankful to be here this morning, and, and different people have come for different reasons. But Father, the fact is we're here, and we're here for you. Lord, we ask that you speak truth into our hearts, into our minds, into our souls today. Father, remove any distractions. Remove any thoughts that do not have to do with you. Father, some people this morning brought chains and burdens into this place. Father, we ask that you help them today to leave them at your feet. We thank you for the love that's beyond our comprehension. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us as we worship our Redeemer this morning? I know he rescued my soul. I know he rescued my soul. Oh, his blood has covered my sin. I believe. I believe. My shame is taken away. My pain is healed in his name. I believe. I'll raise a banner Cause my Lord has conquered the grave My Redeemer lives My Redeemer lives My Redeemer lives My Redeemer lives, my Redeemer lives. 
my soul His blood has covered my sin I believe I believe My shame is taken away My pain is healed in His name I believe I believe a banner oh, my Lord has conquered the grave my Redeemer lives my Redeemer lives my Redeemer lives my Redeemer lives, my Redeemer lives. you lift my burdens I'll rise with you Dancing on this mountain top to see your kingdom come. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer Against my borrowed innocence The judge is my defense I'm going free Right when the gavel fell I heard the freedom bell Ring through the heart of hell I'm going free I'm going free Glory, glory, hallelujah You fill my shackles and That's just not who I am Lord, I'm a brand new man I'm going free I'm on a narrow road It's filled with grace and hope It's gonna leave me home I'm going free I'm going free Glory, glory, hallelujah You threw my shackles in the sea Glory,
I am free I am free indeed And I am free I am free indeed We are free We are free
around, take a moment to greet those around you and welcome them to Word of Life Chapel this morning. Good morning.
His heart was broken, mine was mended. He became sin, now I am clean. The cross he carried bore my burden. The nails that held him set me free. His life for mine, his life for mine, how could it ever be that he would die, God's son would die, to save a wretch like me what love divine he gave his life for mine his scars of suffering brought me healing he spilled his blood to fill my soul His crown of thorns made me royalty. His sorrow gave me joy untold. His life for mine, his life for mine. God's son would die to save a wretch like me. What love divine he gave his life for mine. He was despised and rejected, stripped of his garments and oppressed. But I am loved and accepted, and I wear a robe of righteousness. His life for mine, his life for mine. Oh, how could it ever be that he die, God's son would die, to save a wretch like me. What love divine, he gave his life for mine. Jane, for that powerful reminder of whose uh, we are. 
Take your prayer ministry sheet, if you would, please. And I want to read what we state at the top uh, every week. Uh, sometimes things become very familiar uh, when they're in front of us week after week. But uh, we actually were studying um, Elijah this morning. And Elijah, the Bible says, he uh, put his face down between his knees and he prayed that it might rain after a three-year drought. And James, in James chapter 5, as you see it stated here, uh, he says that the prayer of a, of a righteous man or a righteous person is powerful and effective. And after that, James then uses Elijah's example as, a, as an illustration of a powerful and effective prayer. That it was Elijah who prayed that it would not rain, and then he prayed that it would rain, and it did as God had promised. So I remind you that prayer is powerful, and prayer is very, very effective. Now with all of that being said, we need to pray for some folks this morning. Uh, Ivan, although he's in the sound room this morning... Uh, tomorrow is going to be a different day for him. Ivan's going to be having rotator cuff surgery. Uh, so pray for him. Uh, he said he'll be in a sling for about two weeks and then another couple of weeks before he goes into therapy. So uh, pray for Ivan and the surgery tomorrow. Uh, keep Dorothea Lebo in prayer. As you know, she had knee surgery, but uh, she's been having a few glitches. Uh, the medication... Um, is affecting her in different ways. And I got a text this morning from Reed, and uh, they took her to the ER this morning, and they're checking on her liver and possibly a stomach ulcer. So I don't know any more than that, um, but she's uh, having uh, some complications, so we need to keep uh, Dorothea in prayer. Uh, Sarah Markle had hip surgery. She was to come home on Friday, did she? She did, good. Okay, so Sarah's home. Uh, she was in the hospital for two weeks following the hip surgery, uh, but now is home, so that's an answer to prayer. Keep Bill Gowdy in prayer as well, uh, under loved ones and friends. This is Trudy Payton's father, and he has some very serious health issues, and um, we just need to keep uh, Bill before the Lord, as well as Roy Morrison. Uh, now, this is a man who I'm not familiar with, but sure how uh, comes, of course, and her husband Larry, they sit down front. Uh, I don't see them here this morning, but her father uh, is over in the Stonebridge nursing home, and hospice has now been called in uh, to come in tomorrow. Uh, so he's not doing very well. Roy Morrison, halfway down the right-hand column. And then Emma Rose. Um, it was good to talk to Bill a little bit this morning in Sunday school, and uh, she has fought for a couple of weeks. Pneumonia really was not doing well, but just this past Friday took a good turn, and uh, so we praise the Lord for that. But keep her in prayer. Um, she's very susceptible to uh, a lot of these colds and flus and all of those things that are out there uh, this time of the year. So please keep Emma Rose uh, in your prayers. So, Father, we come before your throne of grace this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we're able to come uh, with boldness and with great confidence 
knowing, Lord, as you have stated through the Apostle James, that, Father, when we pray, we know that it is a powerful thing, and it's very effective. And, Father, lives change, things change, we change as we pray. And so help us to be men and women, boys and girls who do pray. Father, James says we, we have not because we ask not. And Father, Jesus said we need to ask and seek and knock, and it shall be given unto you. Father, help our unbelief. Help us when we pray and we doubt that, Father, you're going to answer. Oh, sometimes, Lord, we don't always like those answers. Sometimes you do deny our request. Sometimes you say no. Sometimes you say, just wait. <laughs> well, Father, we don't like that either. We like that immediate response, but it's not always, not, not always the case. But we do know that prayer is powerful and that you do answer according to your perfect will. And Father, we would want it no other way. So Father, having prayed those things, we thank you. We praise you for the reminder that was given to us in music just moments ago. Father, you have done a marvelous work for us in the person of Jesus Christ. You have saved us by grace and through faith, and it's nothing that we have done. Father, we have not earned it. We do not deserve it. We do nothing good for it. But Father, it's all a gift that is given to those who put their faith in you. And my prayer this morning is that those that are here this morning have put their trust in you. That on that cross, the old rugged cross, where Jesus died and shed his blood, that Father, each one here knows and has the assurance that that blood has cleansed us, each of us, from all sin. Father, we bring before you Emma Rose this morning. Father, her name is often on our prayer sheet. And Father, we thank you that you, after quite a number of days, you have helped her to become, to, to be on that road of recovery. And we pray that very soon, Lord, you would restore her to full strength. Father, we think of Cheryl Howe's father, Roy Morrison. Father, he had a stroke, he's paralyzed, and now we know that nursing uh, hospice is coming into the nursing home. Uh, Father, we pray for him. We know he's not doing well at all, but we commit him into your hands. I think to a Bill Gowdy, Father, we know Bill. Uh, he comes at times to potlucks and special events, but Father, he's, he's not doing well either. Here's a man, Father, who's up in years now, and uh, Father, he has some serious issues. I pray that, Father, you might touch him. I pray that, Lord, you might touch him spiritually. That, Father, you might save him by your grace. I pray for Trudy. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen her. Father, I know she's concerned about her father's salvation. I pray, too, Lord, for Sarah. Thank you, Lord, that she's able to be home now after this hip surgery. Help her, Father. We we know she has a few uh, issues as well, uh, apart from the hip surgery. Uh, we pray that you, Father, would take care of all of those things. 
And for Dorothea, Father, again, we're saddened to hear that she had to make another return to the hospital. Uh, Father, we don't know exactly uh, what is taking place right now, but Father, we know she's been having some discomfort and, and pain. Uh, even though the knee surgery, Lord, seems to be doing well, there are these other issues now, and so we, we pray for her. I think of Ted Kider as well, Lord, Father, this morning as he comes to church, and uh, Father is quite involved, but Father, we know that um, he doesn't feel the best. Uh, we know the side effects of chemotherapy. And so give Ted, Father, uh, your strength. Uh, help him not to grow weary, uh, but to give him, Father, that encouragement that he needs even today. And for Ivan, Lord, as he uh, is anticipating this surgery tomorrow, uh, we pray that things would go much, uh, would, would go much quicker uh, in, in the um, recovery than might be expected so they can get back to work and do the things he needs to do. But for now, Lord, we pray for the surgery. We pray that you might guide the hands of the doctor and that all would go very, very well. And you would, in time, restore him uh, to full strength. Father, we know that there are a lot of things, Lord, going on in the lives of people, uh, things that cause sadness and grief and brokenness. Father, issues that seem out of control. I pray, Lord, that you might give strength to those who are weak, give encouragement to those who feel so discouraged. Give hope to those who feel as though the situation might be hopeless. And so this morning, Lord, we thank you for being our God, an omnipotent God, an all-powerful God, a sovereign God. Father, we rest in you. We commit these things to you. And we ask, Lord, that you might come through. That you, Father, might do what is necessary to bring about your perfect will. We are grateful this morning that we can call upon your name. The throne of grace is a special place to be. And so now this morning, Lord, as we continue with some hymns and your word. I pray, Father, that your spirit might work among us. Lift us into your presence. Guide us, Lord, by your precious spirit. And we want for you, Lord, to change us from the inside out. Help us to become more like Jesus. And so we pray these things in his name. Amen. I, I'm pressing on the upward way. Hymn number 355.
is mine. <coughs> Hymn number 317. I'm going to ask you to stand as we sing this, and then those in junior church can be dismissed. <coughs> On the, when we sing the refrain, the very last time, <coughs> the very ending there, we always sing it going down. We're going to sing it a little different this morning. I want to hear the sopranos, and especially Jean over here. I need her to help us on this. It's, we're going to sing it a little different. We're going to slow it down. Just the last, the last time we sing the refrain, uh, the trumpet's going to try and, and do that for us, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> <coughs> Hymn number 317. <coughs> One more time, the refrain. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. First time was just practice. Now I don't know about you, but I hate throwing out old clothes. 
especially t-shirts. I know my wife will tell me time and time again, you got to get rid of that one. When the collars are yellow, there's no stretch left. It's a hole in the sleeve. But I hate throwing out old clothes. Socks. Sometimes they're just sliding down your ankle. No stretch left. But after a while, you know, the t-shirts and the socks, they find their way into the rag bag. We've been looking this past month at how we change from the inside out. That because we have been transformed, we ought to live differently. And what Paul now does in Ephesians chapter 4 is he likens the change from the inside out to the taking off of the old clothes and putting on the new. There's a principle that we find in the Bible. It's the general principle of the taking off and the putting on. The putting off of the old self and the putting on of the new self. As you woke up this morning and you take off the evening clothes and you put on your church outfit. So the Bible says there are things we need to take off and things we need to put on. So turn with me please to Ephesians chapter 4. First of all, we want to look at the principle. Paul gives to us the general principle, and then he gets into the specifics. The general principle is found in verse 22 through 24 of chapter 4. Paul says this, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Put off the old, put on the new. Now you do know, don't you, that you have within you two natures. The one nature is the old, sinful, Adamic nature that was handed down through Adam himself. That all mankind has. We're born into this world with a sinful nature, the nature that has been given to us through Adam. For in Adam, the Bible says, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. However, the Bible says that when you trust Jesus and you commit your life to him, believing that he died on the old rugged cross and believing that his blood can cleanse you from all unrighteousness, you're given a new nature. In 2 Peter chapter 1, we read of that nature. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says this, his divine power 
has given us everything we need for a godly life. Now, we looked at that last week. Last week, we asked the question, how can I live the godly life? How can I live a life that is changed from the inside out? How can I do that? And we said that it's because Jesus lives within us, that in us we find the power, the power that's found in Christ himself. Here we read the same thing. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises. So that through them you may partake, now listen, in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. You have within you this old Adamic nature, but you also have, those who have trusted Christ, you have a divine nature. The Spirit of Christ has come to indwell you. And we have within us all we need to live a life worthy. To live a life worthy. All things have become new. You've been given a new birth, a new heart, a new spirit. The Bible says you are new creations. You've been given new abilities and new powers. But alongside of that, we still have the old nature. We still have the old sinful nature. And thus, the tension. Now you know what tension I'm talking about. It's the same one Paul described in Romans chapter 7. Paul said, there are things I know I should be doing, but I, I can't find it in me to do them. And there are things over here that I know I shouldn't be doing. And these are the very things that I do. Paul struggled with sin. As we all struggle with sin. Because within us is a sin nature. But also within us is a divine nature. And we have this tug of war taking place. Now we know of course that the divine nature is much stronger. This is God in us. So we have everything in us to enable us to be able to overcome the old nature. But we still struggle. And so what Paul says is, was what, we, what we need to do is we need to put off this old self, this old nature, and not give in to it, not yield to what it is causing us to do. And like old clothes that we hate to throw out, we don't always want to throw out the old habits. We like keeping them around at times. And like old t-shirts that we want to hang on to, we, we don't want to give up the sinful desires and the lustful thoughts. We want to somehow hang on to these. But the principle is 
Put those things off. Get rid of those old habits, those old desires, and put on the new. He says this earlier in the same chapter in verse 17. Paul says this, he says, so uh, I, I tell you this, and not only do I tell you this, but he says, I insist on it, I insist on this in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. Stop living, Paul says, like unbelievers live. You're not an unbeliever anymore. You are a Christ follower. Therefore live as one who claims to follow Christ. And get rid of those old, moth-eaten, dirt-covered, rag-bag-bound clothes. And reject lust and pride and materialism and bitterness and anger and a host of all these other sins that, that drag us down into the mud. That's the principle. Get rid of those things and put on something new. Live like who you are, like who you claim to be. I've read this before, but let me read it again over in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. Paul says this, for you were once darkness. It's not who you are anymore. This is who you once were. You were once darkness, but now. See, there's always a before and an after in the life of a Christian. This is who you were before. You were darkness. But you're not that anymore. But now you are light in the Lord. So what does he say? Paul says, so live as children of light. If this is who you are now, now, you're not darkness, you're light, then live like light. Live as though you are children of light. Cut all ties with your former life. Throw it away. Cut the root. Don't go back to those websites or those magazines or don't hang out with those people who drag you down and make you do things that you know you shouldn't be doing. Cut ties with that life because you're living now a new life. Well, that's the general principle. Throw it away and put on something new. Put off the old. You're not darkness anymore. And put on the new. So, Paul then goes from the general. (laughs) That's the general principle. And now he gets specific. This This is what Paul does. Paul doesn't just leave us there. Now he's going to list those things that we need to put off. And he's going to list those things that we need to put on. So look at verse 25 of chapter 4. Look at verse 25, and this is what Paul says, therefore, all right? 
When you see a therefore, you must ask what it is there for. Paul goes from the general now to the specific. Therefore, this is the principle, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Thirdly, anyone who has been stealing, put that off, must steal no longer. But, here's the put on, he must work doing something useful with his hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not, fourth thing, let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Put that off. But here's what you put on. Only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So Paul gives us four areas, four things we should put off, and four things we should put on. Let's first of all look at those things we need to put off. Falsehood. Paul says, stop lying. Stop lying. Now, we hear every day of falsehoods. Everybody is lying today. It doesn't seem as though anybody wants to tell the truth anymore. Paul says, this is your old life. Put off lying. You know what uh, Solomon says in the book of Proverbs? In Proverbs chapter 6, he says, you know, there are some things that God really, really hates. Now, God hates all sin. But Solomon, he lists six. And one of those things that it says that God hates is a lying tongue. A lying tongue. God hates a lying tongue. And Jesus said in John chapter 8 that Satan is a liar. The name devil actually means deceiver, which is another form of lying. That Satan is a liar and he is the father of all lies. So when you lie, you are acting like the devil himself as the father of lies. Put that off. Anger. It's interesting, he does say that not all anger is sin. Did you know that? Did you know that there's such a thing called as, uh, as, uh, that is called righteous indignation? Or is it, where there's a time when we actually should be angry? When you hear of another child that has been aborted, you ought to be a bit angry. There's a time that we ought to be angry. But most times that we're angry, it's not right. Most anger in us, it's sinful. And it says that it gives way to the devil. It gives him an opportunity when we're angry with someone to get a foot in the door. It gives the devil an opportunity to bring about even greater evil than the anger itself. Thirdly, stop stealing. 
The word steal is klepto. We get a word kleptomaniac. Stop stealing. Stop taking things that don't belong to you. Stealing comes in all forms. This is tax season. <laughs> and as much as you would like to maybe not um, give to the man at H&R Block all the information you ought to, um, you can steal from the government if you don't fill a tax return out the way it should be. What about your time at work? When your boss requires of you 40 hours of work per week, do you ever cut corners? Do you ever steal time from your employer? Back in the Old Testament, it speaks about robbing God, taking from God. And the Israelites said, how in the world have we robbed God? And the prophet goes on to say, when you don't give God your tithes and offerings, you steal from him. What about you young people? You know, you see that open book bag, backpack there in the locker. And there's something in there you would love to have. It's not yours, but there's no one around. See, we're to put these things off. Put off stealing. And then unwholesome talk is the fourth thing he mentions. An improper use of the tongue. Again, many different forms, swearing, slander, gossip, lying, all of those things. Sticks and stones might break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That is so untrue. You know words hurt. It's very easy to hurt someone with words. Be careful what you say. James speaks of the power of the tongue. James tells us that the tongue is, is just this small organ in the mouth. And yet it is a powerful, powerful tool. He compares it to a little spark. That little spark can create Great damage, a huge forest fire. He goes on to mention then in verses 30 and 31, I think I'm going to skip over these verses. He mentioned six other things that we're to get rid of. He just kind of, in machine gun fire, he mentioned six more that he doesn't really elaborate on. But let's jump back, or let's jump to point number three. If these are the things we are to take off and put off, then we need to fill the vacuum with something that we put on. You don't take off your clothes and walk around that way. You need to put something on, right? You have to replace it with something. So we put, take off these things, but we need to put something on in their place. Well, notice what he says. First of all, he says, put on truth. Take off falsehood. Stop lying and start telling the truth. Be honest. Be men and women, boys and girls of integrity. Boy, if there's one thing we need in the world today, it's people who, whose yay is yay and nay is nay. Isn't that true? People just lie so much. You never know when someone's telling you the truth. When you make a promise, you keep that promise. When you say yes to someone, you follow through with that. Truthfulness. 
And Jesus is the embodiment of truth. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. What about anger? He doesn't really speak of the counterpart of anger, but he says, if you get angry, deal with it quickly. <laughs> if you become angry with someone, and it's sinful, it's not a good reason to be angry, don't let it fester, and don't let it smolter, because all that does is it gives Satan a foothold. When you harbor anger, it gives Satan the ability to be able to break those relationships. Someone said, when if you become angry, make sure you shake hands before sunset. Or not to go to bed angry. Stealing. Put it off. And what you put on is to use your hands to help someone in need. In other words, you're not taking from someone, you're giving to someone. You're not taking what doesn't belong to you, you're giving to someone who is in need. Use your hands, it says, for something useful. Don't take with your hands, but open your hands and give to those who have a need. It's not enough to cease from sin, but then you need to do good. It's interesting also, I, I see in these verses a motive for us to go to work. And it appears as though we don't go to work merely to just have enough stuff for ourselves, but to be able to give away to those in need. Jesus said to the rich young ruler, if you want to be perfect, then sell your possessions and give to the poor. Giving is one of the motives for getting. Don't steal, don't take with your hands, but open your hands and give to others. Over in uh, uh, talk, don't speak unwholesome things but those things that are helpful and will build up others you know James says and again he says so much about the tongue he says out of our mouths comes cursings and blessings in one breath we're cursing someone and in the next breath we're blessing someone else and James says Think about a body of water. Think about a spring. And out of that spring, it does not flow both fresh and salt water. And yet here we are speaking both cursings and blessings. We're to minister grace to one another. Over in Colossians Chapter 4, let me just read what Colossians says about the tongue. In Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6, he says this, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. 
when we speak, what we say to others ought to be a benefit to them, an encouragement to them. And that, of course, eliminates any kind of criticism, judgmental spirits, put-downs. It's so easy for us at times to be very negative and critical. And then he does what he did after he said to um, put, put on. Uh, he then lists three things more. Um, kindness and compassion and be forgiving. And kind of throws them out in machine gun fire in verse 32. But then at the very end of the chapter, he says, just as in Christ God forgave you. And so we minister grace and we show kindness and we're compassionate and we're forgiving. Why? Because we have received all of these things already from God. God has shown us great kindness and compassion and God has forgiven us of all of our sins. And therefore, because we have seen all of this come into our lives from our Heavenly Father. Therefore, we ought to show these to others. So we began four weeks ago, and we began looking at living worthy. Living worthy, which we said means to live like who you are, to live like Jesus, We've been transformed. We've been changed. We, like the caterpillar that has been changed into a butterfly, a metamorphosis has taken place in our lives. And we should live differently. How do we do that? How do we live like Jesus? How do we stop lying? How do we stop stealing? How do we stop saying things that put people down? How can we be humble and gentle? How is that possible with this old nature within us? Because we have a divine nature as well. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have everything you need in the person of Jesus Christ to live godly. We can't make excuses. Oh, well, that's just who I am. I've been doing that for 20 years now, and I'll never be able to break that habit. If you're a Christian, you have everything in you to live Godly. And so Paul says, don't live anymore like that unbeliever. Don't live like the Gentiles do. You're, you're no longer darkness. You're light in the Lord. So live that way. Live as children of light. You know, this morning I woke up and I put on my Sunday outfit. Tomorrow, I'll wake up and go to my office, and I'll be dressed more casual. I'll have a pair of khakis and, you know, just a shirt, 
and I go to play tennis. Uh, in the summer, it's shorts, but now it's sweatpants and a, and a coat. You dress differently, don't you? Depending on where you're going. You take something off, and then you put on something new. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, the verse we read, put on the new self. That is, put on Jesus Christ. You're no longer who you were. Wake up every day and put on Jesus as you take on your day. So, Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you once again for being a God who has enabled us and has empowered us to be everything we need to be. You, Father, have given us strength. You have given us abilities. And our prayer this morning, as we have just come through this series, is that we might be changed from the inside out. That, Father, when people see us, they see Jesus in us. Because as Paul said, we no longer live for ourselves. But it's Christ who now lives in us. Again, we thank you for your word. The strength and the power as a double-edged sword. Father, it often pierces us, which I believe it did this month. And we thank you for that, because that's how we change. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Take my life and let it be. Hymn number 385. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love at the impulse of thy love. Let's stand. We'll sing all four stanzas, 385. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, thee. Take my hands and let them move the impulse of thy love at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beauty for thee. Take my voice and let me sing. Always only for my King. Always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages Thee. Take my silver and my gold. Not a mite would I withhold. Take my love, my I pour at thy feet, treasure store. 
Take myself and I be ever Father, our lives are your lives. Father, we are your children. We belong to you. Help us to live like we really belong in the family of God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.